Pod, everyone. I'm your host, Austin, as always, and time for another episode, right? Uh, you know, coming off a week of, uh, of PTO time, had a lot of opportunities and chances to sleep in, reflect, uh, disconnect a little bit. Uh, ended up working a bunch anyways, just on, you know, on this stuff rather than uh, what's called traditional work. You know, my day job, I, I didn't do that for a week. Uh, so it was a nice break, nice pause in the action, if you will, as we continue to get ever closer to the end of 2022. Uh, it's been a year of ups and downs and goods and bads and, you know, everything in between. I'm sure we all have a lot of things that we loved about this year and an equal number of things, if not more, that we uh, have hated about the year. But you know, the clock ticks on regardless, and we're getting, like I said, we're getting closer and closer, uh, but we're not slowing down. Like I said, I have another episode this week. Obviously, i uh, got another guest coming on to join me. Uh, I had the chance to, and this this took a little bit of finagling, a little bit of rescheduling magic here, uh, but got to sit down and talk with uh, Chance from Holistic Solutions Group, which if you guys haven't checked them out, head over to their website, uh, holisticsolutionsgroup.com. Check them out on Instagram, Holistic Solutions Group. Really cool dude, uh, group of dudes, actually, I should say, because there are three gentlemen that run HSG, and uh, I, I, it was a great conversation. You know, we're going to get into a whole lot. I don't want to really give away any spoilers. You guys know me. Uh, we're going to I'll say that it was a, a very, very cool conversation. We get into some ins and outs of things that I think everyone here is going to be able to relate to talk a little bit about obviously uh what hsg is doing and their experience and how they ended up doing what it is that they're doing i think you guys might be shocked to find out that they're uh more like us normal folks than than you might think uh the you know the world turns for us all and it takes all kinds and uh everyone's everyone faces the same kinds of uh trials tribulations hardships and stresses maybe just in different ways so it's always interesting for me when i have these conversations to get those stories to to hear those uh pieces of information and and you know discover what led everyone to the point they're at now that got them to you know be sitting in front of me and having a conversation about what they're doing and the second amendment and training and mindset and uh and all those good things <clears throat> so before i get on over to the discussion with chance got to make sure as always here we say thank you to the sponsors of the prepared mindset podcast first up as always, is EclipseHolsters.com. Guys, if you're carrying a gun concealed, the second most piece of equipment, second most important piece of equipment, right, is your holster. And you'd be absolutely shocked at how many people carry crappy off-the-shelf holsters from some terrible nylon company or their grandpa told them they have to carry in leather. Guys, Kydex is the way. Head over to EclipseHolsters.com, use discount code Prepared mindset to save 20% off a new and improved holster for yourself. Maybe you already carry Kydex, you're just looking for something a little bit nicer, a little bit better. Maybe just something new. Treat yourself for the holidays, right? Eclipse can take care of you. Grab a mag carrier, grab a dump tray. Maybe you need a new new clip. Maybe your plastic clip uh, wore out. Maybe you got some bad advice and you bought some weird uh, belt loops or something for, for your holster and you want to get one of the discrete carry concept cl- uh, metal clips. Again, head over to EclipseHolsters.com. They can get you hooked up. They have in-the-waistband options, outside-the-waistband options, and then a whole section of accessories and other things that they sell. Gun cleaning supplies, wallets, belts, all kinds of good stuff going on on the site. Uh, If you guys spend over $100, it's going to be upgraded to free FedEx two-day shipping. 
think about that, right? During the Christmas holidays, that's, that's, wow. I mean, that's really, really valuable. I've, I've lost, uh, with the exception of this year, knock on some wood, um, I have had a package lost by the USPS every Christmas. So, you know, for whatever that's worth, get it out of their hands, take it over on uh, to FedEx, spend over a hundred bucks, right? Uh, again, prepared mindset, all one word. It's going to save you 20% off your order. Head over to eclipseholsters.com. Check out what they got going on. Hook yourself up for the holidays. Also, activecarrytech.com. Folks, carrying a gun's important. Carrying medical is arguably more important-er. I think that's a word. You are more likely to use medical supplies in your day-in, day-out life <clears throat> than you are a firearm or a knife or a taser or pepper spray. Make sure you have the tools and supplies that you need. So whether it's something that goes awry in the workplace, if you're somebody who is back full-time in the office or even just part-time, perhaps something happens on the side of the road as you're driving by, you can stop. You can be that good Samaritan. You can be that bystander that, that helps interject in that situation. Even if you don't have the skills or the training, having tools there, maybe somebody else stops that does. Okay, You need to up your capability. We all talk about carrying firearms, and it's great, but you need to talk about having an honest conversation with yourself over investing in your medical kits. Okay. Active carry tech, use discount code PMP 10 to save yourself 10% off. You can pick up their blazer kit. If you're looking for an individual first aid kit or an IFAC, right? You need something a little bit bigger, a little bit better, a little bit different. Check out their gamma, check out their guardian. If you're looking for something very small, it's an ankle kit, obviously conceals easily under the pant leg. You can wear that throughout your day if you're somebody who's in and out of houses and buildings and moving all about and everything and you're away from your vehicle you can't carry in a bag easily check out an ankle kit it's a great alternative if you still looking through the site can't find anything that's really right for you they have a custom kit builder option you can build your own solution you can address the needs and concerns that you have directly for yourself and those that are going to be around you and lastly you can just buy some parts and pieces you know, again, discount code PMP10. It's going to save you 10% off whatever you buy at the site. So whether that's, I'm just here to pick up a cat tourniquet. I'm just here to pick up a Slushman pressure wrap. I'm just here to pick up some chest seals because, you know, I, I used mine or they expired or I folded them up wrong or ripped them open or something, right? ActiveCarryTech.com. Let Bill and his team take care of you guys, hook you up with whatever you need to make sure that the next time you run into that accident, you run into that tragedy, that awful situation, you have the tools by your side to be effective. And third, but certainly not least, LARPLabs.com. If you guys run a rifle and, you know, uh, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably do. Check out LARP Labs. Our discount code with them, Prepared Mindset, all lowercase, is going to save you 10% off vinyl wraps for your optics, your lights, your lasers, your PVS-14, whatever you got going on. If you're thinking about painting your optics, if you're thinking about painting your rifle and you just, you're not ready to pull the trigger, you got commitment issues, LARP Labs is a great solution. Their computer cut vinyl perfectly covers your optics. Maybe you're worried about getting paint on the window or in the moving pieces, the turrets on your scope, your red dot, whatever have you, your EOTech, right? This is a great alternative, really. And truthfully, if the weather where you're at changes as much as it does here, you don't want to be painting this thing three, four times a year five, six times a year, seven times a year to match up with the seasons. Okay. Uh, check them out. 
go take a look. They got a lot of good stuff going on. And I know in the last couple weeks alone, John and his team have rolled out at least that I know of two brand new offerings. One was uh, the, the Micro 3X magnifier from Vortex. So always good stuff going on. And this isn't like crappy stickers, okay? It's not going to leave a bunch of residue. It's not going to fall off or start peeling in a couple of weeks because you put it through a little bit of hard use. Okay, this is the good 3M vinyl that they use on rock crawlers. It is top-notch, and you guys are going to love it. I'm telling you, I've got it on on my, actually all of our guns here have it in some way, shape, or form, whether it's on our, uh, you know, Streamlight HLXs, my EOTech, uh, you know, all kinds of good stuff. My uh, <clears throat> Viper PST has, has uh, LARP Labs vinyl on it. Go check out what they got going on, man. LARPLabs.com, discount code PREPAREDMINDSET. It's going to save you 10% off your order. Okay, so like I said, we got Chance on. Uh, Chance is one of three over at Holistic Solutions Group. We, we're going to get into a whole bunch of stuff with him. He's former law enforcement. Uh, he'll mention you know, some of the things that he did, but just somebody who's seen a lot and done a lot out in the world. Uh, really thrilled that I was able to get this scheduled and pull some things together. The holidays are always a really hectic time for everyone, but especially so if you have a family with with children and, and things that you do. Um, but we made it work. We got the schedules lined up so that we can bring this awesome conversation to you all. Appreciate the hell out of you guys taking the time to check this out. So without any further hesitation, further ado or holdups or, uh, delays otherwise, I'm going to go ahead and jump on, uh, jump us on over to my conversation with chance. Hey chance. How's it going, man? What's up, buddy? What's up? I'm super happy we got pulled us together. I know we kind of had like that last minute audible there, move some times around. Uh, it's crazy with family. Dude, yeah, it, it really is. And I, today, I was actually my first day back to like my day job after being off for a week too. So I was, you know, mad dash to get everything done. And uh, I think after we messaged yesterday, I got on the computer and like I spent like two and a half hours just clearing out old email. So I had my day like I could compact up and make time for it. It's, it's good though. That's good. I'm I'm happy we were able to make this uh, come together. You know what's funny? Do you remember uh, two years ago when all of that stuff, so he doesn't get flagged or anything, all that stuff was going on? <laughs> yeah. I remember when people were complaining about, man, I, I have to take two weeks off of mandatory two weeks off of work, like two mandatory two weeks paid off of work, and people were complaining about it. I never, I never had such a burden in my life. So I, uh, I was not one of, <laughs> I, I mean, they, uh, they, they make us take a week off. Like we have to take at least one full week, but yeah, I, I do know what you're talking about though. I know people would be like, man, I have to find time to take this off. And it's like, dude, what? Your blessings. <laughs> like, yeah. wait a minute. I'm, this is kind of like a gift from God. Are you kidding me? I get two weeks off or whatever. And it's like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, people who were sick during that time. I'm not, not, yeah, not, not so much a cakewalk. Yeah. yeah. Not, not taking anything away from there. I'm talking about like, Hey, I uh, remember there was a time when it's like, Hey, I was exposed. Okay. Two weeks. It's like, yep. <laughs> Okay. Like, all right. I'll just hang out at the house and play uh, some Xbox or something, I guess. But um, yeah, yeah uh, let's get, let's, let's get into it, man. Um, let, let, let's start with you. Uh, can you talk a little bit for the listeners real quick, just who you are and kind of what you guys are doing and everything? Sure. Uh, my name's Chance. I'm with, uh, I own a company called Holistic Solutions Group. We are one of the many three letter acronym groups that <laughs> up on Instagram seemed like everybody got the same memo and uh but nobody it's marketing realized. man it's that it was brilliance all at the same yeah. time. it was all at the same time um but yeah um our focus is we take uh, a lot of our background and we take it into classes courses 
and uh, we are having a lot of fun in it. We, um, I'm one of three. There's Jay and Travis who do this with me. Travis is still working full time in the industry, um, working on getting him out so he can get out of the toxicity where he's at. Uh, Jay and I both are doing this now, basically full time. We still work uh, jobs, but man, things are very greatly, very quickly uh, pulling us in the direction that we have to pull. We have to do this full time. So we're very grateful for a lot of this stuff. So that's a little bit about us, I guess. Um, background no, is good to background, see. Yeah, my background is um, ten years law enforcement. Spent most of that time with uh, as a SWAT officer and detectives, uh, task force officer, trainer, all that. Jay and Travis were veterans. They Jay still active in the military. Um, Travis was former Travis is a vet, and uh, we just take a lot of that background into uh, what we are and who we do. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I was checking out the site before we were talking a little bit, and it seems like you guys have a fairly diverse um, uh, set of backgrounds, right across across the cadre. Um, if you guys use that term, some people just call it staff. Other people, I, they throw the term cadre around. I always thought it sounded a lot cooler if you say it cadre. Always, and it's catchy. It is catchy. Yeah, it's one of those buzzwords today. Um, so. How did you guys, uh, or I guess, how did you end up teaching here? This is a question I ask a lot of my guests, uh, but it's always interesting to hear some people are like, you know, I just, I really, I was training and teaching when I was in, you know, whatever agency or branch of the military. And then there's other people and they're like, um, I accidentally did it and uh, it just kind of happened. Um, so how did you get here? So it also, um, I guess, so we all naturally were kind of going our separate ways and involved so where we were at, naturally, you were kind of drawn to uh, instructing um, because you, and a good instructor not only has to have like the intent, like the uh, the background or the know how they have to have the charisma and the way that we kind of explain um, a lot of what we do or why we do, why we think we're really good at what we do. I, I, I associate it back to uh, Mr. Linky sophomore year of high school. I hate math. I always hated math, but love math. <laughs> I know, right? I remember, uh, I remember being in Mr. Linky's class, and the way that he engaged us with math, it clicked, and it actually spawned a desire of like, hey, I can actually do this because of how he taught it. Now, granted, there was in that hallway there was five other math teachers, and I've taken several other math courses since, but he was what I remember that lesson of like how he taught made it click. And from that, I actually realized like, man, not only that, because of all that, I realized, man, I have a real passion for like physics. And to me, physics is the application of math. You take science, yeah, math, math all that, yep, yep. Yep, and you apply it. And that's why I love, that's why I think I love physics is because it takes the why this is important and it showcases the real world scenarios mm -hmm. in that to me, that makes a good instructor. And I think the three of us actually do all of that very well in different ways. And so naturally where we came from we gravitated towards each other we realized hey we were we're good vibe check and then like jay and i met by i was back in on our day it was like jay was always the point man or the number one i was always his number two no matter what for for years i was his number one uh i sorry he was my number one i was his number two and naturally with all of that jay's the point man most dangerous job i'm his backup always cover his back. So you, we just established that relationship of um, like going through a lot of the stuff that we did. And then we rose the ranks. They went off to be the main instructors for our agency. I went off to the task force um, 
and we still kept some of our a lot of our leadership positions and stuff but then we came together on the counterterrorism board for our, our metro and stuff so naturally our paths have always crossed and then after the riots we're like we've got to find something else to do because it is very much a an environment of don't know how much longer we want to do yeah this. things were were taking a real noticeable turn all over the country yeah. around that time yeah and they still are man i mean we 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 teach cops all over the all over the nation and they still are i mean i my hat's off to the dudes who are still choosing to dudes and dudettes who are still choosing to stay involved in it you know just oh, absolutely. Make, sure, make sure you've got your plan b plan c don't uh you don't watch your back yeah no i it's yeah i i definitely understand uh well i, I I understand in that I can definitely uh, relate to having questions about job security. Obviously I've never been in in that role, so I don't, you know, I don't know what that must be like, but um, it's, it's not a good feeling for anyone, let alone people that put their life out there every day. Well, the, here's what's interesting about law enforcement. So actually uh, we had a good discussion with um, a buddy of ours who um, was in a soft group and stuff like that and so we were talking about we were talking about law enforcement and application of like cqb tactics uh uh, roe rules of engagement and we kind of came to it and he and he said verbatim he was like you know cops have a way harder job than us he's like us we eat sleep drink uh you know everything that's going to be counterterrorism stuff you know because that's what his job his job was in his soft group was counterterrorism stuff an average police officer has to be able to handle all the calls for service, be a proficient shooter, be a proficient marksman, to be to understand the basic tactics to keep them alive, driving, report writing, um, budgeting, because they don't make very much. And there's right. all of these different things that we were just listing off that a normal average everyday law enforcement officer is expected to be. And... At the end of the day, they are also expected to be able to respond and be, and everybody's so hypercritical of everything they do because everything is going to be under the microscope and there's zero leeway for what they do. And so it's just, man, it's a difficult job. It's absolutely a, uh, it's a thankless job. And yeah. And well, I mean, with, so with, uh, yeah, but you don't do it. Here's the thing is that you don't do it for the thanks and you don't do it for the, you don't do it for the, the people like saying the thanks. But at the same time, um, it doesn't take much to, it's funny because it doesn't take much to motivate them. As long as you give them purpose, you Mm -hmm. give them a good paycheck and a purpose, they're driven and motivated to do what they do, which is serve the public. Yeah. No, I mean, but it's thankless in that, you know, you're not, I mean, you go into it knowing you're not doing it for any kind of thanks. Um, But I guess rather that you're it, it's worse because you're under more scrutiny and you only ever get the criticism. You only ever hear what you're doing wrong. Yeah. And I, don't, I mean, I don't care who you are. I mean like that, that shit wears down everybody, exactly. you know, once in a while, even, you know, from your internal leadership, you know, you can deal with a whole hell of a lot. If you got a good leader that is going to protect you a little bit and at least let you know, like, Hey man, I know it sucks, but you're doing, you're doing the right things out there, whatever. We could, um, talk, we could talk. That could be our whole discussion point on just that, but we, I prefer yeah. not because we'll. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I, I get it. Um, but at the same, you you nailed it. You yeah, nailed absolutely. It. And, and that's the thing, you know, with that makes it even tougher too. Like you said, there's all those, those responsibilities and all of those um, facets, right. Of their day in their day out. So uh, having to try and find a way to, not really master them because I, I doubt anybody can truly master all of them 
you're pulled in so many directions in those roles. Um, <clears throat> but from a law enforcement standpoint, the training piece, I, I'm starting to hear more anyway, that, that a lot of age, it, well, I've heard a lot of agencies, hopefully that's actually true, are starting to be more open-minded around the training that they allow their officers to participate in. Unfortunately, I don't think it's all paid for by the agency. I think they just allow them Probably to go out and, uh, you know, pay out of pocket on for better, or for worse. Um, the for better being you can pick who you want to go to, but the for worse being that you already don't make a lot. And now you got to spend your own money on time, ammo class and everything to seek out right. Better training. So I don't know when these get posted, but I can tell you, like I had a conversation today with mm-hmm. six officers coming to our vehicle, one of our vehicle interdiction courses this week. And awesome. their agency that well, <laughs> it's funny because their agency said, Oh, this is great. You can use your patrol cars. And they were like, Oh, great. And they said, but you have to pay for it, pay for all your ammo, pay for your lodging, pay for all of that. And so it, it right. So, so the, so the interesting thing, so the reason why we talked to them today, so, so they saved wear and tear on their vehicle. So that's it. <laughs> I mean, it's like you take what you can get, but at the same time, so our conversations today were, it it, it literally went like this. You guys are spending all of your money and you guys are expecting, because this is a group, they they are a group that works together. Mm -hmm. So it behooves us to, we're like, okay, if you guys are also, we gave them discounts, we're finding ammo. Like I made a bunch of phone calls to find a whole bunch of live ammo because we have a live fire portion. So we're trying to find some way of getting them and negating costs that they have to eat because we still have to pay bills. But at the same time, yeah. we're looking at our big picture is we spent, I mean, we've spent thousands of our own dollars also throughout the years, sending ourselves to and sponsoring ourselves to training. So we've got to now pay that back and saying, okay, look, we'll try and do what we can and discount this as much as possible, or we'll get you this, or, Hey, we'll make phone calls. Like we've had people, come in and we actually have students stay with us or like if we come in we've had students stay at our airbnbs and we don't charge them so they have lodging for free you know that we find ways of supplying our students um our law enforcement guys because it's like they're the ones doing this every single day they're expected to go and do this live and yet their agencies don't provide them any assets or facets or manners of bettering themselves i think that's what it all said everybody was like oh man they're right. training it's like yeah we'd love better training but defund the police and it's like wait wait a second Very that's fun. not how that works it, it costs money. all training costs money because you pay people for their time like it's you know i had people i've made that argument with people and with friends and stuff and oh well explain to me why the police need more money or explain my favorite is explain why police officers need tactical or military style equipment I'm like, well, could you, could you, well, and I asked him, I just go, you know, cause there was an article in the newspaper the one day about, uh, I think it was just an armored vehicle. I don't think, I mean, no, no That's weapons, just armored vehicle. I have a response <clears throat> for that. Cause we, we, and I go, been- which, you know, what are you talking about? Like, oh, the, that, that tank that they got, I'm like, well, they didn't buy it for one, or I, I don't think they paid full price for it, but why do they need that? I'm like, so it's a defensive tool, right? Like just like body armor or helmets or riot shields, right? It's defensive. It's not going to hurt anyone, right? But it's going to protect them. Well, yeah. Well, that's that's a lot of that budget and, and military gear you're talking about. That's where a lot of that goes. Like, what are what's your issue with this? Everything you know? that everything has to be defensive. 
everything that law enforcement does has to be defensive. If we are engaging somebody, it's because we are defending ourselves. If we are engaging somebody, we're defending others. If we are, def- you know, if we are using force on them, it is to protect ourselves or to um, because we are responding or being defensive to. It. That's why it's defensive tactics. That's what the right. term is defensive tactics, right? It's the same with that. I, dude, I'll tell you what had plenty of friends um we've we've been shot at and i was glad that we had that armor there i've been in i've been on several call outs where people saw that thing roll up and they were like i'm done so <laughs> i'm not fucking with that yeah i'm out i'm out <laughs> it's a it's a de-escalation tool so they see them they're like hey i don't want i don't want any part of this so therefore life was saved if we wouldn't have done that could they have made or started to engage gotten froggy and we don't know but the whole point of all that is to have it be a defensive mechanism, saving people, saving ourselves, saving others. I think, and I think that if the public really has a problem with that, that they need to, un, they need to really check themselves of what they're asking their officers to do. Yeah, so, I no, think now the whole like no. Here's the thing: is like there's other things like I could totally get behind. Uh, like when uh, we won't go down that rabbit hole, but anyway, yeah, no. I mean, the perception is is you know I think it's. Um, it's like a skin deep type thing. Like it's very easy for people of that uh, mindset, you know, or, or persuasion or whatever term you want to use, right. To say, well, let's, they don't need, why do they need that? But uh, you know, we just pulled that apart in like two minutes and say, well, and actually here's three reasons. Here's three really easy, really good reasons why that makes sense. Yep. And go ahead and try and punch holes in that theory. Um, but you know, you're, it's not really a theory. That's like a fact. Those are, that's how that works. Like you just said, you've been in incidents or situations where that alone has just by having it solved the issue, saved solved lives me. and things, um, you know, so, and, and, and kind of piggybacking off of that, talking about the, the, the thought processes and I guess to, a, to an extent, the tactics, right. De-escalation, um, or even utilizing those tools correctly and things, right. Let's get into that a little bit because that's one of the things I saw on the site that I had questions about was the 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 blurb the like the snippet or maybe it's the like the Texaco uh, no Texaco is I don't know it was a dinosaur it looked like a Texaco logo oh, or something ours, remember that's not that's not infringing on anybody else's uh, <laughs> trademark I, it it reminded me vaguely very vaguely of the the oil company from that Disney movie Cars um, <laughs> that's I think why I liked it um, but the, the the little blurb there about like combating you know the 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 gas station tactics and you really you related it to the gas station knives which I think anybody in this space you say gas station knives and I think everybody cringes a little bit because we all know like you've all seen we've all seen that rotating display case next to like the <laughs> the boner pills and uh and the rubbers and stuff at the checkout at the gas station you know it's uh, like i'm so confused why i have a boner it's been 10 hours yeah <laughs> and i'm tired it might be wrong uh so how so let's can you talk about that a little bit the uh the gas station so, tactics philosophy yeah gas station tactics it's it's a it's a way we coin so we never really come out and you know call bs in front of anybody because a it doesn't really solve anything being abrasive and just like yeah. there are certain things, certain procedures that will be like absolutely stop and we can be like direct about it. But to me, there's a fine, there's a finesse or kind of a, uh, a way of subtly calling stuff out or like pointing some stuff that catches, catches the eye and it sticks with you. Cause that's how it does with us. So we coined the term after uh, they, we had a commander. I mean, we could tell you, we could tell you stories upon stories upon stories of this, of this, jerkwad but he uh we were we were putting some new guys through some like 
basic very first time they'd ever been through a house on our team, like walking through team dynamics uh, and stuff like that. And this guy decides to come up and call Jay and I out in front of everybody as the instructors. And so we dismissed We dismissed everybody and stayed inside. And we're like, dude, you can't do that. You can't sit here and discredit them privately. Yeah. yeah. It's like, if you have a problem with what we're saying, do it privately. And even then, so we're like, okay, captain, what is your response to what we're, because remember, we weren't teaching them anything except how to maybe look at doorways. Like we weren't even guns up, nothing, just basically walking essentially, you know, just like, Hey, yeah, like first level of, uh, or first layer, barely, like, like CQB one one day one yeah. stuff. Right. And he decided to say, well, I would prefer you bringing in shields and bringing them, putting them right here in front of these doorways and having everybody point their guns, crossing sections to, to cross cover stuff. And we were like, that's the dumbest thing you could like you, what expand a little bit. And what he was explaining, I was like, dude, if I stood in this room, I open fire. These are non-ballistic walls. I could take out the entire team. And he's like, well, we maybe. So anyway, I don't know about maybe <laughs> so frustrated with it that we were like, OK, because he is a captain. We have to respect rank. But at the same time, we will not teach bad, dangerous things like there are there are lessons and procedures that have been paid for in blood. And thankfully, we've been taught we've we've been taught all that. We've seen it. We practiced it. And so we're like, no, we won't do that. He ended up canceling that. He, he ended up sending everybody home early because he got so frustrated. He literally rage quit like a 12-year-old on Call of Duty. It was awesome. Oh, it was so funny. But anyway. He canceled the whole training day over that? <laughs> so that was the final incident after a myriad of a whole bunch of different things where from there, we all went down to the Direct Action Resource Center to Darcy uh, one time, and we're all sitting around, and we were talking about that incident. And we said, dude, it's like his stuff just doesn't work. And if you have a, and because he says, well, I have 30 years underneath my belt. It's like, dude, if you Fantastic. have, if you have a hundred, a hundred uh, deployments and zero, z- uh, zero uh, operations. Uh, so you have zero time. Uh, you have no opposition through all of that. You don't have anything to go off of. Like you, yeah. there's no growth there. There's Short no of having growth. a lot of time spent outside the continental US. Like that's Correct. So Not a lot to draw off of. So we realized a lot of his stuff is just fancy ideas. It's they're they're just cheap, you know. Basically, we said cheap theatrics, and then it was like, well, wait a yeah. minute, like, a, like, and we said like a knife, you know, it's like a gas station knife. You know, it can it looks good, it looks flashy, but the second it's put to a test, what happens? It breaks. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, gas station tactics. So it's gas station knife, gas station. So it's just we we said cheap antiquated backwards thinking that's how we've always done it theatric tactics that's what that is and so and the more we we talk with people it's across the board and so we said cool here's a way of subtly pointing all that stuff out of these dudes that are just like oh yeah this is cool you know now i guess there's a lot of instagram stuff because we didn't have social media at the time when all of this came about and so now that we've kind of joined the whole social media stuff, we're like, oh, it's very prevalent in this world, <laughs> in the world. of Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately or, or fortunately, I guess, depends on a little bit on your, your frame of reference. I, I think there's a lot of calling out that goes on in social media and it's some of it's good. Like, I'll, like I'll be the, I'll be one of those guys to say, like, I want to know if what I'm doing is is wrong, is bad, is or maybe even if there's just a different way to look at like perspective wise, you know, but I, 
the same way you're kind of talking about this, like, um, like institutional or yeah, like institutional ideologies on how this is how you approach training this one very narrow way, right. With some LE agencies, there's a lot of people out on social media that approach it's the exact same way, which is hilarious because they'll sit there and, and say those things about why LE needs better training because what they do is so out of touch, but then because what they do is different, right. Yeah. But they approach it the same way with the same narrow scope somehow equals better. Like, I think you might be missing the point entirely about what we're trying to do here, folks, but you know, that's, that's the internet and, uh, for better or for worse, kind of what we're, we're stuck with. Right. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting. There's a, it's, it's an open market. So if it doesn't work or if it, you know, it's, it's going to be, uh, you know, it'll kind of dissolve itself. Mm -hmm. One thing I've appreciated is it really seems like just in the year and a half, two years that we've been kind of I guess joining the discussion is there actually seems to be some positive movement towards that because I think now that there is a an open forum and there's people joining it you know and I'm not talking about the like I call them bible bashers you know because there's people there's people that sit here and they throw they throw schmuck back and forth rather than seeing the big picture of like hey the real picture is going to be your audience. And if all they're seeing is this like inner Bible bashing stuff, and I say Bible bashing, meaning you have two preachers and they're really animated saying, I'm right. No, I'm right. And they start throwing everything back and forth of all this. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Who's, it's... who's the real victim? Their audience. The people watching it. The they're congregation. <laughs> well, I've been, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty active in my faith and the most and the biggest amounts of, um, I don't want to say uh, um, success. The greatest conversations I've had have not been, hey, you believe this, you're wrong. It's been, look what we have in common. And we can agree to disagree on certain things, but Mm -hmm. the the greater the commonality we have and we can recognize, the more we can start supporting each other. And then our conversations like grow together. And I know that I can call on that person for other stuff rather than just it because I know that, hey, they respect me and I respect them. And yeah. we might have some disagreements. Now, granted, we're talking about life-saving things here. So, they, I mean, there's, there's a little bit more. But remember, in their minds, they are talking about life-saving things because they are permanently, they are adamantly um, saying that their spiritual lives are at risk, right? So, you know, their belief is that they are saving lives as well. Yeah. But with this, man a lot of this like fluff back and forth and call, you know, it's like, man, there's just the, to me, there's better ways of having that discussion than, uh, than just blatantly embarrassing people. You know, it's like no man, yes. you know, like no, no other man wants to be embarrassed and you're going to lose that conversation. Well, I know that exactly. So it's I, not going to get, it's not going to get where you want to go. And, you know, and I've said it before, the, the people that are genuinely out there trying to help, uh, help each other or help, just people they come across, whether it's somebody you follow or whatever. Um, <clears throat> in my experience, the guys that really want to help will, they'll send you like, they'll slide into the DMS, you know, they'll, they'll send you a message like, Hey man, um, check this out. Like you're, you're going about this a bit wrong. Like, here's what I see and here's, you know, whatever. And, it, and at that point you can either choose right as the recipient of that message to uh, engage in discourse. You can be argumentative. You can be, you know, whatever you want. Um, but at least it's done. If you're trying to provide, I'll say criticism, 
right? Kind of a blanket term there, but if you, you receive that and it may be somebody else's input, at least it's done privately and you can have a private conversation and it's not a, like a, like an open attack on somebody. And I've, I've yeah. had it, I've had it happen both ways. Um, and I think that's something that the community as a whole is getting better at. I think that there's a lot of growth that we still have to go through because there's, there's, there's a hell of a lot of people out there that'll, they, they just have no filter and they, they are so, um, like devout in their, their faith. In, yeah. Yeah. In, in what they, what they quote, know to be true, right. That they will. Like, no, I'm not, I'm not getting on my phone to like do it. I'm literally writing this down. Cause I want to bring up two points that you're doing with. So keep going. Yeah, uh, absolutely. No, they are so devout in what they're doing that they will, they'll start a public fight. I've had guys on my own threads on things as simple as, like a dry fire video, just doing reloads, right? I've had guys tag like they have, and it's not about it's not it's not about follower size. It really isn't, but I'm going to mention it because it it's going to put into maybe some perspective and maybe some context this individual and their maybe lack of information. Um, maybe 650 followers, maybe right, <clears throat> and we don't have a ton here. Like I think we're like just sniffing up on three thousand uh, at the time of this taping had to tag in to uh, Rob Pinafania, I think. Uh, he's a, a grandmaster, right? And grandmaster. Uh, yeah, I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and somebody else, they just tagged him in the post and they left like a comment. They didn't like engage and like shit on me or anything. They just said, yep, here's my my opinion, whatever. And it was boiling down to like, do you look at the Magwell or do you not? And it's like, well, I mean, you could do both things. Like, there's merits to both. Like, if you look at the Magwell, yes, you have a higher percentage chance, right, of completing that accurately and effectively. Alternatively, if you keep your eyes downrange, you can see whatever's changing in front of you. Like, you weigh out the pros and cons was the point I had tried to make. This guy's like, well, what do you think is going to change downrange? Like, <laughs> I, my, I remember my response was, bro, literally anything. Yeah, it's like uh... everything. Everything. The guy could move. He could fall down. He could be reloading himself. He could grab a child and pull a kid in front of him. Like I don't, I don't, I don't assume to know what could happen. But like, you want to know why I think that's a good idea to try and keep your eyes up, uh, so you can see what's happening in front of you. Um, duh. And that's just the kind of shit we see, you know, on these arguments on social media. Well, here's a. It's funny because we were talking about this with our class. We just got done with a night vision class up in uh, up in Utah. Great group of dudes. Um, we actually had some big social media guys up there um we had a group we had cops we had civilians we had military man it was it was a great group but we talked about this um so we call them ttps tactics techniques and procedures tactics and techniques can change high ready low ready um do i go muzzle up muzzle down um you know that kind of stuff um do i sling do i swim into my sling you know and it's all those things i just named where do where do we heal the arguments all over social media Everybody mm-hmm. wants to argue like, oh, well, I don't swim into my sling because I want this and that. Well, I swim into it because of this. Cool, bro. You do you, boo-boo. And as long as you are capable of whatever it is that you want, awesome. Hey, I don't like appendix carry because I don't want something pointing at my dick. Okay, then don't do it. Hey, hey I, don't, I don't want this because of this. Now, we can all agree on certain things, and those are called procedures. TTPs, the P part of it. That's what I'm like. That's where I would hope a lot of these discussion points go is I don't understand why people want to die on the hills of tactics and techniques and they evolve all the time. They're always changing. 
and we have them we have people do it all the time in our cqb classes or even what any time of a tactic course they do now where a procedure wise well, a good example of this we had a guy come in with our new york class and he said no we absolutely always run muzzle down and we're like okay great then do that for this class but understand that you have a greater awareness of like your muzzle while you're flagging people. And he says, yeah. And he did great. But then he ran the entire shoot. We noticed in his first run, he was running the entire shootouts with his safety off. And we were like, that's right. No we said, Hey, now, Hey, that's a procedure thing that we will now X nay and dial back. And he was like, well, this is how we run it. And we said, fine, that's great. But here's the thing is to us, that's a safety violation. So we will not allow it in our class. And the dude was an, a staunch professional and said, no problem. And he ran it with the safety on and off. So when we're talking about like a tactic and technique, people want to argue about that all the time. But mm-hmm. then a procedure, that's where we'll come instead. And we'll say, dude, we don't care. We don't get we don't get involved in any of that. We will So see- let me let me ask you, do you do you see that a lot? Like that specifically there, the safety thing. Only because like I've I think it was like a Ronin tactics video and he mentioned and it's a couple years old now the video is about guys that run with the safety off all the time. And I I feel like it's such a dangerous thing to do if you're in and I've never been in a gunfight. So you guys poke holes in this all you want. Anybody listening, whatever, take this for what it's worth. I mean, I know there are guys at both ends of the spectrum, but like that just seems like it's you're you're putting yourself in a position to fail, whether that's you shot somebody you weren't supposed to, you shot yourself, you just had an ND in general, which I'm pretty sure at least in law enforcement is problematic. Uh, you know, like, do you guys see that as a standard procedure a lot with law enforcement? Um, law enforcement, it's more out of uh, negligence and complacency rather than an active thought, if that makes sense. Yeah. Instead of a conscious effort, it's more or less like, Hey, why is your safety off? Oh shoot. Sorry. And they switch it back on. So it's a complacency thing. Um, as far as like, are you asking like why or when would I like safety on and off? Or are you just saying like, no, I mean, like- maybe just in general, I, I don't, I, you know, cause I've had guys talk to me and say, well, Hey, if you're trying to be a, like a real professional about this, when you're just doing a, um, like a bolt lock reload, yeah. you should be, you should be putting that gun on safe. And I go, I don't know if I've ever heard that. And, you know, we had a discussion about it and, uh, valid points made good points made and everything and i was like okay you know maybe there's something to it and i, I worked on it a little bit i don't love it because you know but i see what they were saying like my thought is if you're at bolt lock that gun is now empty it's essentially inert then it can't hurt anyone but the the, the counterpoint to that was well once you slap that mag in and you drop that bolt now that gun is loaded and you have it on fire yeah so well, here's the so here's yeah here's my thing is like so are they so they were saying like always have it on safe no matter what because um, I, I think we were just having the, like the conversation in the context of a reload okay because here's the thing is like i don't dive into a lot of it but like we'll be scrolling stuff or we'll be talking and seeing people discuss stuff and i apparently there's like a safety thing right now like i know there's been a bunch of like high prolific people put out some social media stuff on the safety and i'm like dude if my gun's working if my gun is actively like engaging so if i'm bolt lock and if i'm still in it mm-hmm. i'm throwing that mag in getting it up as fast as i can i'm assuming that now granted my skill set where i'm saying mine is i'm coming back up my safety's off if i'm still in it 
Now, granted, if it's right. if it goes dry and I'm transitioning or something like that, now because this is the thing is like this is what's hard about these discussions. People want a one a one answer for every situation. Hit black and white. Yep. And it's like no, dude. It's like everything is the principle is it, the principle is that if you're not working, your safety's on. If I come in and if I'm clearing a room and I'm engaging somebody immediately and I still have a sector to clear, guess where that gun is? Guess where my safety is as I'm. After I've right after I've engaged that target, I'm still safety off because I that's what people can't see, but that's why I still have it indexed. But if I just engage and I'm clearing my sector, I'm safety off because stuff just went down. Now, as soon as my sector is clear and safety's back on, I'm not working anymore, if that makes sense. Because we're talking yeah. micro. Yeah, now, that makes sense to me. But that being said, that's me personal, and I'm not going to sit here if somebody says something different. As long as it works for them and it's not violent, great. Okay, fine. Excellent. But I'm not going to sit here and die on a hill and telling people like, hey, um, you know, safety on, safety off on all this stuff. It's like, no, if your gun's not working, safety off. I mean, sorry, safety on. If you're yeah. not working, if you're engaging people, safety, you know, if you're engaging people naturally, yeah, safety off. Yeah, and I think that, you know, there's, if you're if you're trying to define it, for people, especially given that it's going to be applied in stressful situations, I think that you want to try and simplify it to whatever reasonable lengths you can, right? Um, that to me makes sense. You know, if you are working, like you said, or engaging a threat, obviously, then off safe, any other time on safe. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's procedures different everywhere. Yeah. And here's, here's what we've seen. If, if they don't have context, it is very hard to understand a lot of like procedural or principal things. It's very hard. And I think that's why tactics and techniques get into the weeds and mm -hmm. people get met, get, think that they can like, or they want to engage in it because it's easy to have an opinion one way or the other on certain things because right. you can get those contexts at a range. You can get those contexts in a basic CQB class or stuff. But as far as like the actual real, if you lack context, we, cause we talk to people all the time about it, like saying, well, why do we do that? And we give them an example. Our vehicle interdiction course is a great example. Um, we have example people like, well, why would I do that? Okay. Well, we were in this situation this time and we had people do this and they were like, oh, okay. Well, like, Hey, why are we running a sling this way? Because watch what happens if you don't run it this way and they get caught up on something or they get taken out or they, you know, something happened like, oh, okay. But they've never had context. See, and that's the sling thing's interesting because that's when I think that, you know, it, it got real popular for a little while there with social media and things like that and people talking about how to run it. But I don't know that we've really come back on that one. Usually this stuff kind of goes like full circle and you get back to like the 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 people are just they're running things so wildly different that it becomes popular just because it's new right but we've seemed to kind of get away from that single point stuff yeah and they want to engage it's like hey i want to contribute to this and like dude if you don't have anything constructive or you add to anything just don't engage give a give a double tap or don't give a double tap you know whatever you want to do right like oh dude, I'll never oh, dude who was it I, I was shocked that it was actually something and it was, I actually like posted something of like, this is, are we really debating this? And I forget who it was. Um, I mean, he's a massive, massive following, but he, he responded and he was like, dude, I hate, I hate the necklace, like the whole necklace or swim thing. Oh, he was really? Doing, 
And I said, cool. I hate swimming. I hate working my gun while swimming or swimming. Swam, swimmy, swami, Swanson, Swanson, Swanson. <laughs> I, hate, uh, I hate working my gun, um, sl- um, having both my, uh, you know, swam into it or whatever. Right. And so we had opposing views. And you know, you know what we said? Okay, cool. You ready to go to work? Absolutely. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. I mean, if you can, if you can achieve the overall, the end goal there, they think that's some people kind of lose the sight of that. And, and, and you know what, for better or for or worse, social media, right. It brings lots of, lots of information to people, right. It's, it's helps a lot of people learn and answer questions and, you know, uh, save money or maybe it helps you spend money because you want all the shit you see and everything. Right. But it, the, the downside to it is it's like a perpetual struggle from some people to just stay relevant and, um, you know, having that, uh, disagreement that, or, or visual and vocal disagreement, you could be wrong as the day is long, but because it's controversial, it's going to, it's going to build a following and it's going to, it's going to pull eyes and clicks and, um, people, people will start arguments on the threads and things and it just drives your numbers. So, I mean, I, I, I mean, social media has been good for the growth. It has, you can't really argue it, but that's the kind of stuff I think that is detrimental that there's a certain level of what I'll say is maturity that people need to be able to see past when they're making these kinds of evaluations. Um, I'm just amazed at the, uh, I'm amazed at some of the things that's like the real, that's like one of those like first world problems that people want to get involved in. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, well, I mean, I think people are under the illusion that because you're discussing a very heavy uh, subject, right? Life or death, uh, in well, quote, life or death for some, some of these people, it's really not. Um, <clears throat> but because of the seriousness of working a firearm, they are, I think you mentioned it earlier, right? It's like they're, they're just so convicted and so devout in that. It's like that's why they're so amped up about it is because this is life and death. I think it goes, it might even go even, uh, more primal than that. I think it. I think the the fact that we have that and as Americans, we have that ability to defend ourselves with that. Mm-hmm. I think it actually might even dive into our primal instinct of defense. That's why we decide to do it. There's a sense of belonging in like, hey, if I can get involved in this, I'm relative, you know, I'm relevant. And so yeah. I uh, I want to engage. I want to do all that because, you know, naturally men, we want to be dangerous. We want to be, prote- you know, we're natural protectors. We're natural, you know, and I think our society has kind of removed a lot of that from us i know this year has been really hard mentally for me because i haven't been operationally i haven't this is the first time i haven't been like i guess deployable in a long time because you know i resigned from my agency right, right. so i still work at a small agency but i do that for to keep my commission but there's nothing there and there's been a lot of times where i'm sitting here like man dude i'm like i miss it i'm still in the group threads with my boys and you know, all, all my guys and they're doing stuff and then something hits the news. And sure enough, I check my phone and I miss that. I miss being on the inside of all these big things that hit the headline. What's going on? Yeah. What's going on behind the scenes. And sure enough, I go sit and man, they're, they're in the thick of it. You know, it was either them or directly. And I miss all that. And so it, I think it go, it kind of dives into that whole primal thing of like, I want to be relevant because I want to stay dangerous. I want to be, it gives my, it gives my, uh, my inner personal, my inner id, whatever you want to call it, some value. Yeah. Well, and that's, I think that's a mindset thing that I, I feel like there's a lot of people that are starting to, de- and maybe they can't define it well, but like what you're saying, right? Like that, 
that mindset of you want to be capable. You want to be, I don't say aggressive because saying that you want to be aggressive has like a, well, you have to such, such like a negative connotation to it because it's like, but you do, you want to have a certain level of outward aggression. You want to have, you know, but, and, and, and people are starting to figure that out. I think, you know, uh, with, we'll say, like you said, I think you use the, the term, the events, right. the events that have happened in the last couple of years, yeah. uh, a lot of those people that may have been walking that line between the left side and the right side of things, right. Not knowing if they needed to know how to do certain things, if they needed certain capabilities or maybe to what length, right. They needed those capabilities. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And, uh, I'm not, there you go. I'm not prepared. My mindset is not prepared. <laughs> there you go. I see what you did there. Yeah. I, I, but, and so, and that's the funny thing. Cause dude, I've had people straight up like rage at me and go, uh, there's, you know, you should change the name of your podcast or it might've been the, inst- you should change the name of your page. Uh, none of this has anything to do with a mindset. And I'm like, dude, are you <laughs> like, uh, it, I would say that if you're in a, if you're putting yourself, you know, um, in a situation to potentially take a human life, uh, to put yourself in a situation to have to defend your family, to escape with your family, to a safer environment, you know, all that stuff. Like there's a tremendous amount of mindset and I mean, you could just as easy as just as easily, uh, clam up and crawl into the corner of the house and like, just hope somebody comes in to, to save you. Yeah. You know, it, I would I would argue against that those kinds of comments and things, and that's actually kind of slowed down a bit. But um, I think that people start to figure that stuff out. I think there's probably struggle, like I said, to define it, but that's the feeling. You know, it, it, I think it defines everybody's got to do it themselves. Um, it's so, which is funny because what you're talking about, your answer was prepared mindset. Our answer mm-hmm. was holistic. That's how we actually brought our name was. Um, you know, we're not like we, we noticed that the, the the people that we always liked that we wanted to emulate, you know, the good ones are good people. They're a joy to yeah. be around. They are they're, um You get something from them and they're not. I mean, because I remember in college, I worked at a gun store and it seemed like that was like my life. My identity was around the newest gear, the newest gun, the newest this and that, whatever. And there really wasn't, there was no more value in that than when I was working at my other job, which was the mobile manager at a Best Buy. So if you're thinking I'm dealing with cell phones and I'm dealing with guns (laughs) and in all reality, there wasn't much of a difference between them because my identity was in the object and not the mindset of what it was. And so I've grown since then of seeing like, hey, instead, so what we want to do is like, say, take yourselves out of that and realize, hey, go out and do stuff, go out and be a part of and be and be betterment and don't have your stuff, your identity wrapped around what plate carrier I have, what this and that, you know, it's like, those are just tools. That's all they are. Yeah. Well, and there's a certain, like I said, there's a certain level of maturity, I think that you, that you have to get to before you start to see it that way. I mean. Uh, I think with that aggressiveness, that inherent, like that, that just that passion and everything, like there comes a certain amount of ego almost, or or maybe not even almost, maybe it's actually just ego. You know, you don't want to hear that, that you're wrong or you're not where you think you are or that things have to change. Like there's a certain amount in, in just my opinion of like introspection that has to go on for you to realize like, Hey, 
uh, I think I'm in pretty good shape or position to, to be effective on these things. You really, I mean, it sucks. Who, who likes to hear from people that like, Hey man, you don't know what you think. You know, you can't shoot as well as you think you can. You're not as fit as you think you are. Right. It takes a certain degree. You got to like box that shit up. Right. And go, okay, I'm going to go to the gym. Not, you know, once a week, I'm going to the gym four days a week. Now um, I'm going to, I'm going to change my diet. I'm going to change how I eat. I'm going to change how I view things. I'm going to cut out the negative shit in my life. You know, I remember for a good period of time there during the beginning of lockdown, I, I do, I used to like, I let it bother me so much for a little bit there. Like I would just close Facebook. I would leave messenger open. Cause I would have group chats with my friends and you talk about sports or whatever, you know what I mean? Just like shoot the shit, whatever. But I wouldn't actually open my newsfeed because everything on there was just political hazing and political ranting about people that were in uh, opposition to the quote safety measures, you know, and you got at this point, like, okay, I cut it out. Like I still use Facebook. I mean, I think we all, you just, it's a communications tool for a lot of us at this point. Um, but you, you learn to keep that stuff out. Things. Yeah. You use it to keep in touch and that's it. I don't, I don't live on there. Uh, I mean, Instagram a lot more. I think Instagram is better for a lot of different reasons, but uh, you know, you, you learn to cut the negative energy out and focus on like, I started, I'll be honest. Like I probably went up until the lockdown hit probably went 10 years without reading a book, like actually like reading a, yeah. Yeah. And then lockdown hit and my wife's huge reader. Like she's one of those people that sits down she just read like a 600 page book in two days, which I, that's, that's not me, (laughs) but like I've read (laughs) probably over 50 books in the last two years. Uh, And it's just like, you know what, I'm going to get away from screens. I'm going to go away from this stuff. Like there's almost like, I think like a spiritual piece of it, you know, reading a book, trying to better yourself, reading about things like leadership and mindset and attitude and reading about great people that have overcome things that make your everyday struggles look piddly, you know? Um, so do you, uh, so I like, so I'm a big reader too. Um, in fact, that's actually one of the things that Jay and I, like when we were first kind of like, we realized like we both were readers. Um, yeah. So I like to read fiction and then nonfiction. I like to go back and forth. What's your, um, do you like fiction or do, it, are you, it, are you a nonfiction? <laughs> I'm, I'm mostly nonfiction. If it is fiction, it really, it depends on what I am reading. Like, uh, I love the Jack Carr books, the terminalist stuff. Like, dude, I, oh, I love those books. He does such a great job with them. I read, um, but, I read the first one. I've read the first one recently. Um, and oh, I, always, I just found out that you can pre-order the sixth one. <laughs> so I'm already to, to jump on that one uh, that comes out in like May or something. There's a series um, Jay and I like, and we've we've converted almost everybody we know. Once they read it, they're like, "Dude, that's my favorite series." Because um, everybody loved The Walking Dead, but I lost. I lost. I not. I hated that show. <laughs> I do. I hated it. After the second season, I was like, "Dude, this sucks." There's a series called Black Tide Rising. It's a contemporary zombie apocalypse. Okay. Uh, um, and it takes the majority, of, and it's like seven. It's by um, John Ringo. Black Tide Rising. And it very much is fictional, but dude, it's, it, there's a lot. I mean, there's so much to digress. And like, I could talk, dude, we could do a whole nother episode talking books, um, talking fiction, nonfiction stuff. But what I love about this one is it's, I read this probably, I read the whole, one of the books. Um, I have them now on audio so I can read them. Whatever. And I probably read these once every couple of years, I'll read the entire series again. I just, I love them that much. They're so much fun because you can disconnect. 
you know yeah my wife does in, that with harry potter yeah so in that though it uh, it's oh dude it's, it's just so good i would highly recommend black tide rising it follows a it follows a family and it's and uh each it's very episodic and it could if they turn this into a series it would blow walking dead out of the water oh dude it's awesome the first three books take place at sea and then the end well, of the you know it'll book, never happen because it would be a good idea i know right but then uh, the fourth book, I mean, so anyway, and then it has all these offshoots now because it's a huge following. I mean, they have they have uh, professional writers that have taken and written miniseries inside of the uh, inside of the universe. Oh, wow. They're now f- the very first book splits like there's two brothers and you spent, you know, you followed one brother for everything. And then he started writing the perspective from the other brother and it followed him now. And so there's so much there. And it, dude, it's just so much fun. But it's consistently like there's zombies throughout the entire thing. And that's what's fun about it is that it's believable. Yeah. It's nothing. Uh, it's actually believable how it did. But anyway, super fun. Black Tide Rising is a good book series. Good yeah, book I mean, series. I, I've read a lot on, honestly, like the, the War on Terror. Like that's where I started with things. And I just kept, as I would read about more stuff, I'd like, really, that's interesting. So then I would get a book on like the, that piece of whatever, I, I, you know what I mean? I read like specifically Iraq or Afghanistan or uh, my wife ended up getting me like all the Jocko books on leadership as like a, a birthday gift. Yeah. And I was like, that's awesome. You know, and that, that, that those I may have gotten right before lockdown, like the year before. And I just had to work through them. Um, or uh, then I would jump back and I found one on like a clearance rack that got into like domestic terror, um, the weather underground and stuff in the seventies, which I was, super fascinated by i had no idea the the lengths and depths and things you know that that all entailed and how widespread these movements were across the country and stuff so that was uh really fascinating but a lot of this stuff i find it's kind of hard to find good literature on some of that because at least in what i found a lot of these authors support those people because they they don't like the the police or the government or the military um and that I do struggle with. I did try. I, I think I read two books. One was about our invasion of uh, Iraq that was critical of the whole thing and written by somebody who's obviously very liberal. And the other one was about a guy who used to be like the mayor of Philadelphia, Ed somebody. I don't remember. Um, he was a Democrat. He was, you know, very critical of conservative things and stuff. But I read it just to say that I, I look, I try to keep some perspective uh, from the other side and stuff that, that sucked. I really didn't, <laughs> really didn't enjoy either one of those, but I got through it. Um, it's been a lot of nonfiction, but I think that's, you know, people need to get away and understand that social media. And I say this as somebody who does way too much, obviously you need to get away from the screens and away from social media. Not everything of value and importance, right. Is tied to your freaking phone. Um, it, we call it, we call it, um, our initial observation, and we have yet to have this proven um, or discredited, proven wrong or discredited. Our initial observations of social media is, um, especially of like being a tactician or being in that world. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really what our lives have been, you know, our lives have been for the last forever. Um, it, it only allows for a linear conversation in a 540 degree world. And so um, one of the points I wrote down, I wanted to talk about was like, we have become super protective of our students because it's a journey you're learning. Right. But the problem is, is that when they post things, they get sent to the wolves 
And then it's like, guys, here's the, and this is in, there's no context for what they're doing. All they're doing is showcasing like what a, a concept or a principle or a rep or something mm-hmm. that the comment sections just go berserk with, you should be doing this and this. And it's like, dude, chief chill out, like chill out. All they're doing is showcasing something that we were doing. And even then they're not saying that they're excellent at it. So we've become super protective of it, of, uh, of that. And the reason why I bring that up with what you were talking about with the screens and stuff, it's like, yeah, like get out there and just, oh man, I, I don't know where I was going with that. To be honest with you, I was well, like, I mean, it came yeah, if you... I was being, because when we're talking about turn off the screens. It's like, we tell them that it's like, don't do this for that. Don't do this for that. Because if you do it for that, you're going to get hopped up around the, all the trolls that are sitting there saying and wanting to say, Hey, you should clear this, or you should have hide that or hid this up more, or you should have your shot placement should have been this, or your draw stroke should have been this. It's like, dude, they weren't there. All you're posting is something that you're doing that you find joy in. And if you bring it to them, you're almost saying, Hey, what do you think? It's like, why do that? Turn off your screen. I mean, it's, it's use it as a reference tool, right? Like if you're looking for more information around, you know, search hashtag CQB search, you know, try to, I mean, there, there is a lot of, there is a lot of good information out there if you know some of the good pages to follow and the right people, but yeah, I a hundred percent agree. I think, uh, that if you are putting yourself out there on a quest for self validation, you're missing the boat altogether. Like that's not what this should be about for some people. It is, there are a lot of people in the two way space. That's what this is all about for them. Um, not really in like, I'll say our part of the two way space, but the, I mean, you know, there's guys out there that, you know, uh, gold plated AKs doing mag dumps and like, you know, uh, dual wielding, shirtless, uh, shirtless cigar smoking, blah, 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 all this. And that. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I mean, and it's, uh, it's, if this was the eighties, those dudes would be killing it. <laughs> but, but we all know better now, like nobody hip fires. You should probably wear a shirt because hot brass sucks. And you know, like there, I just, I don't, I don't get, the allure to a lot of that, but it appeals to, I think, uh, a segment of gun ownership that just doesn't know any better or doesn't want to know any better. Right. Ignorance being ignorance is bliss. Who really wants to go learn from something like that? I wouldn't immediately. I'm like, dude, you just discredited every facet of me wanting to, to network with you or to be a part of whatever it is that you have no longer want to. Yeah, I don't, I mean, no, it's different if it's like them training. I know there are some guys that will like put some stuff up in their, in their just workout clothes, you know, no shirt because they're in Florida or something. And that's fine. Like Get that. that's, that's, that, that's, that's fine. Uh, but if you're marketing yourself as that whole John Rambo uh, character, you know, with the baby oil and everything, you really, uh, me personally, uh, not, not really what I'm looking to do on a Saturday, Uh Saturday Just, night, maybe Saturday yeah. night. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm gonna have baby oil, but it's you know, I I think yeah, it it needs to be realized that it's a reference resource. Um, certainly a good place for dialogue and networking. Uh, you know, and that's I think one of the. And maybe you guys have run into this in your classes and, and conversations. Things is just networking with. It, it's difficult. Uh, you know, our states are obviously huge, right? I struggled for the first two years, you know, this podcast been going on two and a half years, just in the last six months, I finally been able to connect with some guys that are local to me 
that I've been able to get together. And, you know, I, we went and kind of shot like once, you know, now looking forward to next year when the weather warms up and it's, you know, it's warmer than 34 degrees, then we're going to do more. Um, you know, I just bought night vision. So then that's going to be kind of built into what we're doing and stuff. And, yeah, your wife, and, your wife hates you, didn't she? <laughs> no, no, she was, she was with it. She like, honestly, I have to, I, people say that all the time. And I always have to make sure I point out, like my wife is super supportive about all of this. And she was just like, does it make sense to buy it now? I'm like, as opposed to what, waiting till the prices go up after black Friday. She goes, well, no, but do you have anybody you can like train with, with this right now that it makes sense for you to have it? I was like, well, that's actually a good point. Like I see what you're saying. Um, that's a, that's a great point. Yeah. And I'm like, not that I shouldn't get it, but maybe I just wait to get it. Um, yeah. So, uh, and I've also told this story a couple of times and I'll add it here because everyone laughs at this, but uh, Thanksgiving had too much to drink at my parents' house, came home. She's getting sick. I'm like stress cleaning the kitchen the whole time. Just like thinking about like, okay, like, do I want to buy this? Like the prices are here this for this weekend, get her to bed, like pull out the bucket with you know, a little water in it, whatever. So she's good if she gets sick and it's like 11 or something. I sit down and I'm like, you know, fuck it. I'm, I'm, I deserve nice things. Damn it. You know, and then proceeded to to get on and start diving down and <clears throat> looking at the two or three companies I had narrowed it down to for where I wanted to buy. But, um, yeah, I mean, now that I, but networking's tough, you know, you, you, oh yeah, I'm in your state, but I'm three hours away. I'm like, okay, is that feasible? Maybe not really. I mean, if you have other shit going on, it's really not what you want to do. Like, Hey, I'm gonna drive three hours to train for three hours and drive back three hours. So I just, you know, burn an entire day for three hours of total training. Like it could be okay, but it's not ideal. Right. Is that something you guys run into people struggling to, you know, that's why they come to the classes to try and make those connections. Well, we, we try and help with that, with structuring. It's like we, one day, what can you really dive into in one day? And actually, you know what? That's a great question. I think I've got a a practical and contemporary answer because we just talked about this. So our Night Fighter 1 course we just did in October uh, in Utah. Um, we talked about this with um, Ivan with Kit Badger. He's got a pretty big following. Um, mm-hmm. And um, our after action, that once everybody had gone, we sat down and had a great talk with him. And he was talking about, he's like, you know, our first day live fire was structured a lot different than a lot of the other classes he's gone to. And what we kind of, what we were able to, you know, realize and talk about was how the big thing that we want to showcase is most of all of this, when it's their first time coming with us, we, we hear it all. It's like, it's a water hose because there's so much to take in. We get that so much to take in. So we've structured our classes of like, okay, if this is our course, what's the main objective. And then we start reverse planning it. And so we say, okay, this is what we want. How do we get all the way back to the day one, hour one, and so our first hour, I mean, our first class, or I mean, our first day live fire was a lot of daytime drills, but under nods. And we okay. all we wanted to do was build confidence in it instead of taking instead because there's so many daytime stuff you could do. But we wanted to take those eight hours and just showcase like saying, hey, you guys do this during the daytime. Now let's run with you during the nighttime and showcase it and look what you get. And at the confidence part of it was just, whoa, okay. Because that's all really it is nighttime, daytime stuff. The only thing you really have to worry about. I mean, because the next day we went into like, okay, working with photonic barriers, shadows, movements and stuff like that. But day one, 
we wanted to have a stepping stone. So when you say like, how do you, you know, how do we judge people when it's like, we understand that they come here to us harder money. A lot of times they drive from all over. So we want to respect that in giving them the biggest bang for their buck, but we can't make it cheap. We can't offer them and we don't want to offer anything that is going to be like a theatric. Like we know they might want, like we have, we've actually, actually this one, we had people said, well, I wish you would have done this. And it's like, okay. If we would have done that, it would have taken away from where we were going. And they were like, oh, okay, that makes yeah. sense. And yeah, so you have to like, explain it to people sometimes. Because here's the thing is that we could we could talk for hours on gear, on setup, on all of these different things when it comes to night vision. But we wanted our night fighter one course to be a night fighter course. We're teaching them something. So we do a lot of building them up to solo CQB. You got to defend your house. How to utilize that. And so that's day one from, from the hour one to the end of uh, end of day one, it was a lot of what we do on daytime stuff, but we did it under nods to build that confidence that they can do this. And not only can they do this, they did it really, really well. Then when we started day two, we started doing daytime CQB, solo CQB stuff. And then when the lights went out, we started seeing like, there's a lot of things that change, but they already had that confidence from the several hours beforehand that they didn't have to hyper focus on what they didn't know. If that makes sense, yeah, no, you draw like what they knew rather than yeah. like, oh my gosh, this is all new. It's like, no, we just spent all of this stuff. Remember how we were walking and turning, shooting at angles, all your placements and how you hold and manipulate your weapon. You remember all that stuff we were doing and you did it well. Now watch this. Now we're putting you in a situation where you have to do that in the real world. And their mind went, Oh, you got to give them the tools to, to build the solution, you know, the fundamental pieces. And that's, <clears throat> you know, it, no Instead one likes, of- no one likes it. Like it does. It's not cool to work the fundamentals, but it's a hundred percent necessary in anything. If you really want to be good at anything like uh, pro athletes, musicians, shooters, whatever, you know, work the fundamentals. Tiger Woods, greatest golfer to ever live as a, you know, personal coach who's obviously not as good as him, but can maybe teach him the fundamentals or hold him accountable to the fundamentals that's going to make him, you know, that great golfer. So another thing, full circle gas station tactics is uh, a lot of this, you know, real fundamentals aren't flashy, but Super Bowls are won by, by people being able to master the fundamentals and apply them across a very aggressive and very uh, motivated defense, AKA, yeah. you know, you take what I just said for football and move it into all self-defense is, is the ability to take the fundamentals and apply them over an aggressive offense. Somebody who's coming to try and hurt you, you're going to apply those fundamentals, not some flashy trick play. And so, right. and so that's, and that is like another thing we were doing. We we're like, guys, we could sit here and teach you some really cool, like spend hours on some of these really cool techniques and stuff. But at the same time, our end goal for this course is building you guys in confidence that if tomorrow, if you went home and tonight, like the, you and I are talking right now on Monday, if they had to utilize self-defense tonight, we gave them some of those tools to that they could rely on and defend themselves rather than just some cool flashy drill or some aspect of, whatever because there's a million different things we could do we built it around the end the re- we reverse planted around solo cqb for very beginner stuff and yeah. that's what was really cool for us is watching these dudes be like oh i've never done this before and now 
they're winning these gunfights because we put these mantis lasers in because we don't we don't have utms and stuff like that for all, all of our classes mantis lasers are great oh i love them yeah and so guess what they were winning these gunfights because they were able to understand angles understand some of the depth uh like depth of shadows and utilizing their night vision inside of a uh their house or the the shoot house and they were able to win and they were also able to lose because they weren't applying those principles and so we're like hey do, and they're like man this is great so anyway so i hope that it, does that answer your question about like how yeah. what we see with people how they train you know you're saying three hours well we wanted to make sure that if we get them for three hours we're going to do yeah. the best we can with three hours. Well, I mean, I was, I was kind of thinking more just in terms of meeting people in their area to, to work with, but that everything you just said is a hundred percent correct. Um, and I think that classes in general are always a good place for people to connect, you know, uh, and whether that means they can only come back to your class and that's when they all get together, super helpful anyways, or maybe it, it, it creates a discourse, uh, you know, discussion and they get together outside of class Hey man, I'm 40 minutes away. Let's get together. Let's, let's train. Let's make this a regular thing. And eventually you got a small group of dudes that can be together and practice together, train together and be, you know, effective. So. Yeah. Easy day, man. Absolutely. So I know we're, we're kind of pushing your, uh, your, uh, your time limit here. Um, I'm telling you, man, we could, I can talk to you for hours that I can tell you. We'll do it. We'll, uh, we'll schedule another one. But uh, I do appreciate you making the time. I know this time of year, super hectic for for everybody, no matter what day of the week it is. It just it never seems like there's enough time to get all the stuff you want to get done done. Um, so I appreciate you squeezing me in. And uh, real quick before we kind of wrap here, can you just give the listeners where they can find information on you guys on online? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, HolisticSolutionGroup.com. Um, our website's actually getting revamped as we speak. Um, I was texting the guy who's redoing our website. So um, social media, we use a lot on Instagram because it's a great pathway. I know I dog it a lot, but at the same time I've met and we've been a part of, we've been asked into different things that we never would have thought possible through it. As long as it's used proportionally, that's where you know, we like that. So Instagram, um, social media, stuff like that is just holistic solutions group. Um, and then our website is that at doc, uh, that.com. Holistic solutions group.com. So cool, man. Um, I know I said it before, but dude, here's what I appreciate about your podcast. And I think, you you know, someone needs to say this side of it, because I know you always give it the limelight to us. I have very much appreciated the way that you interview the structure. It's actually, it's not, I wish I shouldn't say entertaining. It's a breath of fresh air. And I love how you structure your interviews. So I think that's why it's like, dude, I was like, dude, we could talk forever. Oh, thanks. I, yeah, I, I try to make it more, uh, uh, you know, a straight, uh, an effort to make it more of a conversation that just hits on things that people want to hear about than uh, like a scripted interview. Uh, Cause I always think about, you know, magazines where they like, here's your question in bold and they give you like two paragraphs and it's like, yeah, but what about all this other stuff? You yes. know, I, I, nothing again, you know, people are doing whatever, but I can tell you this pod. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Jay listens to a lot of podcasts, the interviewing ones. I don't really come back to because I want discussion points. I want to see, you know, I, I like to see where pe- where things go um, because I may not have applicable to whatever question you're asking. But I can tell you this is like as long as a podcast, what, the great thing about it is just people talking and it's like, OK, cool. Like there's there was one I forget who it was it's like I didn't have a whole lot of merit into what you were guys were talking about. So what did I do? I went to the next episode and I grasped onto that one. I was like, oh, this is <laughs> these are really cool. Things. 
you know, so anyway, so I really appreciate how you, uh, how you structure these in the, in the discussion points, um, or yeah, thanks, you, man. so anyway, just a little, uh, observation. Um, always, always good to hear the, the positive feedback. Uh, I get the negative feedback too, but always appreciate to hear the good stuff. So, <laughs> so thank you for that. And, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate you making the time and everything. Uh, this has been great. We'll definitely, uh, we'll chat here offline and, and see we can get, if we can get you back on in the future when things hopefully slow down a little bit. But uh, if we don't talk, you know, after this, uh, you know, have a Merry Christmas and, uh, you know, we'll be in touch, man. Awesome, buddy. Merry Christmas, buddy. So that was my conversation with Chance from Holistic Solutions Group. Uh, solid guy, man. Uh, I, I really enjoyed talking to Chance. Uh, we were on a little bit of a clock, so we didn't really get to go, um, you know, as long as we would like. Uh, but that's life, you know, and I'll just, we'll just have to do this again. You know, uh, there's there's a lot to get into and a lot to unpack. Uh, I always find it very interesting talking to individuals that have been out <clears throat> in the real world, uh, experiencing a lot of the things that they then turn around and provide training back to you and I for uh, having seen a lot of things, having been in a lot of situations where, um, you know, this generational information is just, it's, it's just passed on and passed on and passed on and, and passed on. And there's not always a lot that's done to bring in new ideas, bring in new concepts, and then you're forced to then have to find a creative way to work around some of these uh, political limitations, these policies and procedures that are put in place at an agency or a unit or, or whatever have you. Um, and I think that those individuals specifically are probably more uniquely qualified than many to talk about why it's so important to be open-minded when looking at different training concepts, theories, ideas, or just in general to be more open to input, possibly even criticism from people that may have a different idea that may say that there's a better way or a different way to do things. It, it could be worse. It could be wrong, right? But you don't know until you have those conversations. That's one of the things I like so much about this podcast is being able to kind of gather those different insights, those different thoughts and opinions, right? From so many different people that have experienced so many different things in, in their walks of life, you know, take chance, for example, right. 10 years in law enforcement, SWAT, who's a trainer, worked on task force, did counterterrorism work, things like that. Guys, that's a whole broad spectrum of different, different stuff with different skill sets and different stressors and, and hurdles and obstacles to work through. Uh, and that's both in the gunfighting space and otherwise. Uh, but those skills are all relative. Everything kind of does play together. So you know, at any rate, like I said, I, I thought it was a great conversation. I had a really good time talking to Chance. I look forward to being able to get him back on the pod. We can kind of take a what we've done in the past with some other guests and do a deeper dive on some more support, uh, the more specific topics and maybe bring you guys a little bit, you know, more detailed information uh, on some things. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, definitely going to be in touch. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, if you guys, like I said in the beginning, if you haven't checked out what Holistic Solutions Group has going on, I would really recommend you go check out their website, check out their social media, see what they're doing. If you're in the area or you're around where they're going to have one of their classes, check it out, see what's going on, or if you can get it on your schedule to go check it out or clear it through your department, definitely something you should look into doing. But until next time, guys, that's all for me. I'm signing off here. And until next week, get out there, work hard, 
train smarter and be prepared. 